I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. You are listening to the COB podcast here at Ausbiz. It is April the 20th. I'm your host yet again today, David Scott. And I'm joined by my fond colleague here yet on again. the desk is uh, <laughs> Annette Beecher. Annette, uh, Holding the fort here, Scotty. Where do we start with the uh, the price action today at a headline index level? Because we started so strongly out of the blocks and we came within eight points for the S&P ASX 200 of hitting sure fresh did. record highs. Then all of a sudden it just bleh. Yeah, well, let, let's let's do the fun part first. It was we were on air together, ten till twelve, and we were just looking at it tick by tick, waiting to be able to declare that we were near all time highs. But we got to eleven fifteen, and what was the headline we didn't want to see? China's loan prime rate. So this is the benchmark lending rate for all new and existing loan facilities in China. Uh, set by a bunch of panellists, the banks that then go and report into the uh, PBOC. It was unchanged. There was sharply unchanged. Be a, yeah, sharply <laughs> unchanged. The expectation there's going to be a five basis point cut. And just uh, reaffirms that uh, maybe that we're not going to go and see widespread monetary easing as so many people are factoring in. We've got that 25 basis point triple mm-hmm. R cut on Friday. That was No one against, even noticed. That was again skinnier <laughs> than, uh, than what uh, many people have been expecting. So it does raise question marks as to whether uh, the authorities there are going to go and uh, throw the kitchen sink. Well, how? How committed are they? So many people being locked down. There is some reports, of course, that Shanghai is looking to go and uh, start to go and, and winning the battle against Omicron. I'm sceptical. Uh, mm. Yeah, I think the world has shown that uh, you can't go and keep this thing going for a long period of time. You can't keep up a zero but, uh, COVID yeah, that, policy. Yeah, uh, that seemed to go and uh, deflate uh, the enthusiasm. And uh, there's a few other stock-specific factors that we'll get to in a minute. But, uh, yeah, just it's, it sounds strange because we still manage to go and eke out a small gain. But the price action was just like, uh, yeah. no, we like no percentage point away from uh, from record highs and still feel like that. Maybe I'm just being too pessimistic, but yeah, may- maybe we did. You do get ad- addicted by green on screen, and of course, the other theme of the first couple of hours is it wasn't about energy and materials. They actually opened lower and stayed there. It was. It was almost everything but. We had healthcare up, consumer staples looking good. The financials at one stage up about 1% and I think uh, they end up closing flat in the end. So, yeah, it just turned into a nothing day. But having said that, we're still, as you say, we're not that far from highs. Yeah, long bond yields uh, continue to go ratchet high. But uh, the, this thing that was very odd today was that many long duration parts mm. of the equity market we're rallying like bananas. Like block the, the block like, went up. Yeah, and so <laughs> go uh, figure. Go, yeah. Can we go and like square that off as to what actually explains what's going on there? Because it's the the signals from various you know, asset class at the moment. Mm-hmm. Credit and uh, and bonds are telling me that uh, it's time to be pretty cautious. But the equity market's telling me, well, like yeah, it's all fine and dandy. They're trying to go marry up who to go and believe in this scenario. It's the twenty twenty, yeah. so you don't really know anymore. No, we we don't know what the new normal is. And as we had early, of course, the early market discussions were about the fact that US, yet again, I think two-thirds are beating expectations. We had that chat uh, with Evan Lucas and he sort of 
skirted around the issue that there's still uh, analysts who like to not be optimistic and then surprise to the upside. And there seems to be a bit of that because is the economy really, really stronger than expected again and again and again? We're just starting to scratch our heads on that one. Oh, it's a joke. I've written about it before. I'm not going to go over that ground again, but uh, look, it's you've got to seasonally adjust for pessimism amongst yeah. our stock analysts. It's a bit, it's a bit annoying. Actually. It is a bit annoying. Look, uh, in one of the themes that we've been talking about uh, endlessly uh, on this program has been M and A activity, including this year, despite the other pickup in volatility we've seen. This care, uh, this time we've got another name being no no bandied around in the healthcare space. So uh, we've got Ramsey Healthcare uh, has been uh, targeted, circled by a KKR led consortium. Yeah, uh, in more hun- private equity with lots of cash. And I have to say, I just uh, wrote the. Mar- Market wrap. That's why the numbers are fresh in my head. But Ramsey rallied 25% to $81, but the indicative bid is 88 So are they offering overs? I mean, I just saw a headline as we came in here to the studio that, of course, they have uh, French interests and uh, and a headline just came out said that the um, the French version of Ramsey have noticed the KKR bid. Now, of course, it's indicative. It's mm. early stages, all, all the usual caveats but the fact that they're targeting $88 when it rallied 25 to get to 81 like wow yeah, it's uh, yeah, trading at discounts, and maybe a few people have still got a few question marks as to whether that's going to go through. But mm. I, was, I was having a chat with Ben Clark from TMS Capital to go and round off the day, and I said to him, like, no, I often walk in and go one day, like, one day will I actually have anything to talk about because <laughs> all there will be is M and A activities. M&A. Uh, so yeah. all the publicly listed companies have been taken over by private equity, and there'll be nothing left for us to go and talk everything about. will be unlisted. Yeah, it's like, yeah, what's going on in price discovery? I don't know. It's, um, yeah. private markets now, but uh, which it, is not it, good for our retail listeners because then no one can access anyone if it's all held by private equity. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's a thematic at the moment and only seems to be going one direction. Ben thinks, like, you know, in hindsight, uh, looking at it, it makes perfect sense because of its property assets as well. He goes, mm. like you see, it's you know, broken up and then what will happen is the property portfolio that it owns, which is a substantial, you know, uh, you know, sale and lease back under long-term uh, agreements and mm. then uh, have an operational division, then have like the property division and uh, makes perfect sense. So, Well, we just had that discussion about AMP and yeah. Dexas buying the property arm uh, as well. So people are being sliced and, and diced and and as you and I Scotty talk about frequently whenever you see private equity just splashing the cash it just feels like a late cycle phenomenon yeah, well, we'll see this time's different. Famous words. Famous Pro- last words. Probably not, but uh, man, it's the <laughs> 2020s. Everything's different now. Everything's different. Uh, look, uh, one of the factors that helped drag the market back towards break, even by the end of the day, was you just mentioned the material space. Rio Tinto, uh, it's run red hot. Uh, iron ore prices have been mind-bogglingly strong mm-hmm. given the other uh, backdrop. A lot of people who are experts in the space think that a lot of the optimism around uh, this, the demand outlook is based on hope rather than actual you know, fundamentals at this stage. But uh, it's flagged a few operational challenges so I know of course COVID disruptions the border shuttering uh, also you know the impact that we see uh, in some uh, lockdowns in China so uh, yeah it, it closed down more than 1% I think it was down more than 2% by yeah over 2% close. in the end yeah, so I had a long I, chat to Peter O'Connor about yeah. exactly that and he said he's written too many times about challenges and when you have even like a new CEO you think a new outlook he said Rio was the the place to be in the 70s and 80s. And he said that he feels like it's lost its way. I mean, we certainly um, 
you know, had that discussion today. It's actually stock of today, well, stock of the day. So what, what did the experts think? Yeah, let's see what his colleague, Alan, Adam Dawes, of course. Uh, Dawesy from Sharon Partners. Well, he was also joined by Andrew Whelan from DP Wealth Advisory. Andrew is sitting in the, uh, the hot seat today. Our colleague here to go and uh, do the call. Take a listen to what they think about Rio Tinto. Use of the term challenging, I think, is what we need to really focus on. And, and they also need to lift their operational performance. And I think that is a key thing going forward because it says it all. Rio's got a long way to go to regain its mantle as one of the biggest global miners operators in the industry. But the problem is that if the commodity prices weren't where they are today, mm. this would be a very, very different story. So I'd be cautious. We're a neutral uh, on Rio, prefer BHP at the moment. Of course, there is uh, concern, and rightly so, with the destruction of those Aboriginal caves. Mm. And there are a number of investors, I certainly know my clients, and more broadly in that sort of ethical social governance space, who've actually avoided Rio for that. Now, you know, they're obviously contrived and redemption and all that sort of stuff, but uh, that might be sort of weighing on ESG funds and their ability to invest. So uh, that would be the other reason I'd be probably a little bit cautious. So similarly to my learned friend Adam, I too would be a home. Rio Tinto rejected from consideration from the, uh, the portfolio amongst our investment committee. Yeah, uh, run too hard. Bad ESG and uh, credentials from uh, past behaviour wouldn't go over, but yeah, not going up for consideration at this stage. And speaking of ESG, it was actually the ESG special on the call as well. So make sure anyone who's interested in that topic, make sure you jump on. I know it's, after been, a, hours, I know it's been a long day. The ESG edition, it's the ETF edition. That's what uh, I thought. I thought it was the ESG edition. <laughs> there we go. Well, it's there. Yeah, the ETF ETF edition. So oh, look we've at got me. Uh, ten. It's ET- a long day. It has been a long day. So ten ETFs. I thought uh, when I walked past, we had ETFs on the screen. Okay, my apologies. We're not going to edit that we'll just leave it in there yeah that's, that's part and parcel yeah we're uh, we're carrying on hurrying on strong at the end of this podcast <laughs> uh look uh also some pretty good uh, conversations today you had a good one with mark whittaker uh, from investors mutual in the small caps program so you're uh, you're taking over the hot seat from uh from the dean for this week uh what did you learn yeah uh, you know what i learned a lot probably because i guess it's lucky the three names that we talked about that he was his absolute favorite all around the grounds but still household names even though they in the small cap and uh, in terms of a teaser One is one you drive past and look at the billboards on the way home. One, you have to fly across the ditch to do a bit of gambling. And number three is you get to trick out your Toyota Hilux. And that was actually his big pick by far. So three small caps. Two of them are super cheap, screening really cheap, and one just has a bright future ahead. So I was uh, quite enamoured, and he was here in the studio as well. That also makes for a better conversation. Do I dare say one's going to just uh, run over the competition? With, Ed's uh, going to run them yeah. over. I, I think I know which <laughs> ones you're talking about. Uh, we also had a great chat today with uh, American Century's Chris Chen, a bit of a round-the-ground special of portfolio construction and the like. Uh, one thing that, uh, that stuck out to me is that uh, how to unlock our portfolio alpha to go and get above market returns. Uh, it's not so much about earnings, it's mm. the earnings momentum you want to be focused on. And that's something to consider at this point in time where we've got so much optimism about earnings for cyclicals out there at the moment and so much pessimism amongst the growth, uh, growth areas of the mm-hmm. market. Uh, of course, we have seen some pretty divergent moves in those factors over the last uh, last few quarters. So keep that in mind when we go through the earnings season, which of course is underway in the States. Famously, uh, last night, Netflix uh, subscribers switching off. Crashed literally. and burned. Yep. Yeah, down 25%. That's $40 billion in market cap 
Which what is somebody dot said in that's, the space of that's Elon's bid for Twitter right there. Yeah, so that just gives you a sense <laughs> as to uh, what's going on in that space. The uh, the bar for those tech titans that many people seem to be is like almost the new safe havens when it comes to earning stability and uh, being recession proof. Well, we saw with Netflix last night mm. that uh, that's not necessarily the case. You can have some great uh, content and programming and everything else, but when people are given the option to go out and enjoy themselves, well, I think uh, no, actions speak louder than words. Well, I had a great chat, Adaban Mahanti from Seven Investing. He's always loads of fun uh, to chat to. And he said his doctorate thesis in early 2000 was about streaming. And he said Netflix paved the way. Um, in the old days, they used to mail out DVDs to you. I mean, how far? I remember those days. Yeah, we used to get them. And, of course, we used to go to old Video Easy, but now I'm really showing my age. But he said streaming to millions was actually owned by Netflix, but he said the competition is just too much. Disney's taken over. Disney's cheaper. And uh, and so, yeah, he gave us a good rundown of why Netflix has lost its crown. Yeah, it's always... Uh Forging the way is always a great way to go and invest it for a company. But do you remember MySpace? Uh, yeah. Yeah, that was the other uh, leader. Aussie mail? That w- yeah, that was a leader <laughs> in, uh, in, in social media. And uh, yeah, it's gone the way of the dodo. Yeah. yeah no, Aussie mail and all those places as well. So yeah, it's just a cautionary tale that uh, being the, uh, the initial mover has a lot of advantages. But uh, look, when people come up with an idea and they can refine it and make it better, well, that becomes problematic. So not to say that's the case, but it is one of those cautionary tales that uh, to yep. not go and Le- bet the house on one thing just because it's the first to arrive in that marketplace. But yeah, I do remember the days of going to post out the uh, Post the out the DVDs. I mean, yeah. I, my kids wouldn't even know what a DVD is now. Also, we, we stream on my, everything. Um, on my holidays uh, no, down in, uh, in South Australia over the, uh, the course of the uh, last long weekend, they, um, the place I was staying at had a, a, DV, a Blu-ray player. A Blu-ray player? Yeah. My it, goodness. It, it was, a, it was a, an eclectic mix of uh, some <laughs> of the greatest uh, 90s and early 2000s oh, films beautiful. you'll find. Is that their target audience, Scuddy? Must be. <laughs> Still well, travel I, with I'm, their Bluetooth in yeah. a little... Remember those folders you used to put your, put your little DVDs in and put in the car? Yeah, I threw them all out. Yeah, uh, memory ago, lane. Yeah, I yep. remember. Yeah, maybe I'm the demographic. I'm in my 40s now, so yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, poor bugger. Yeah, at least I know what the old DVD <laughs> and Blu-ray does. That's uh, not... Everyone can go and say that nowadays. Look, we're starting to go and ramble. We're going we up, so let's go and wrap it up there. It's, uh, it's the downhill slide to the next long weekend. It is. We wake up to Thursday already. I have to say it's a little quiet on the macro front. We'll still be talking about all things CPI and will that be a smoking gun for the RBA? That's a subject that's not far away. Yeah, looking forward to that. Also, we'll get to inflation figures out of Canada later on tonight, so they might go and give a bit of a taste as to what's to come. Until then, though, uh, we'll see you bright and early on air at 8.30 tomorrow 8.30. See you then. 